celebrate Jesus in the house tonight. Celebrate Jesus. He's faithful. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Let's have our seats. God is faithful. I'd like to thank Pastor Samuel Akintola and First Lady Uluremi's son. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be standing here. Um, it's amazing because, you know, I've been a friend of the house for a while and some quantum leaps back, you know, some three, four, five years, I've been having to come in every um, conference when we have this session and I've been an attendee, I've been a participant and I'm standing in our midst tonight. Isn't God faithful? Isn't God faithful? So that's a big honor I do not take for granted. I see some of my friends in the house, Pastor Tyre and so many people. Thank you so much for having me. And I trust that God will speak to us tonight. Let's just bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for gathering us here tonight. And we pray that even as you speak to us tonight, we will open our ears and our hearts to understanding. And we'll go home with something big, something marvelous. Something that will change our lives forever in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' precious name, I have prayed. So, okay. Thank you. Praise God. Just be sharing with us um, if tonight on um, career. I'm, a, I'm, I'm an HR professional, so I'll just be sharing with us on building a thriving career, not just to building a high-flying career. It's Quantum Leap Summit, Quantum Leap Conference. And yesterday, Pastor Akin was talking about how the process of experiencing a quantum leap, and it applies to different aspects of our lives, career, finance, business, and I will just be sharing a few things that apply to experiencing that quantum in your career. Um, Pastor Aki was saying today that, um, you know, when people look at you, what they think about quantum leap is people look at your life and they don't understand how you got here. So it, it seems like it happens overnight. You know, people, people just say that, oh, this person, ah, she's here or he's there, he's high up there. And how did this happen? It always happens like like a miracle, like a magic, like, okay, this thing just happened overnight. But there's a process, you know, there's, there's how you got there, there's what you've done behind, there's the sleepless nights, there's the intentionality, there's what you've developed, what you've built, the capacity you've built that now finds expression and people on the outside now get to see. So these are just different things that we'll talk about tonight. And I want to also say that there are two types of people, anyway, in the whole world, there are two types of people. There's the night to fivers, the career people, and then there's every other person. So <laughs> for every other person, you find, oh, I'm self-employed. Oh, I run the business. Oh, I'm CEO. I'm MDCEO. But all of them are under one canopy. We, now we know ourselves, we are the career people. We are the career professionals. And then I think we run, we run the show, actually. So people have to depend on us to you know, thrive in their own sector. So if you are like me and you don't have any other thing you, you want to fall back on, so people say, oh, I have a side business. I do this on the side. Me as a person. And there's so many people like me that I know are in this room. It is my job that I face, my career that I face, you know. And I'll just talk to us in a bit about that. Because there's this, um, there's this narrative that goes on a lot. You can't amount to anything in life if you don't have a business, if you're not your own boss. You have people reporting to you, oh, be an employer of labor at some point. Just work small, oh, save money, go and start a business, you know. They can fire you any day. They can send you away. You won't have a work. When, when you lose your job, this is what you fall back on. It's a lie. 
the reason why we have um, pushed that narrative over the years from generation to generation is because we, we don't train our children, we don't train our sons and daughters. When, we, when people go to school, we don't teach them to have an owner mindset. We don't teach them to have a mindset of a CEO. So when someone asks me, what do you do for a living? Or um, are you a business owner? I say, yes, my job is my business. My career is my business. I'm reporting to you. But it's my business because if I don't bring that ownership mentality to the place that I work, I'm going to run it as if it's not my father's business. It's not your father's business. It's your business. So you are the CEO of your own job. And that's how I want everybody who wants to build a thriving career to think. Because at the point where you think, okay, I'm just doing this for the meantime. I'm just, you know, just passing time until I have enough money to save to start my own business. You will do it as if, okay, this is another person's job. But when I now get to my own, I will do it like my own. But it doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Even the Bible says, see that man that is diligent in, 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 in his business. He will stand before kings and not mere men. The way you do another person's own is the way you will do your own. And it's the way other people will help you to do your own. So because what you sow is what you reap at the end of the day. So the first thing I want, to ta- I want us to take out of the way this evening is not everybody will, in quotes, be an employer of labor or will do a business. Not everybody will go into makeup. Not everybody will buy and sell. Not everyone will be a caterer. Not everyone will do what we term as business. There are people that their, their personality, their strength, their skills, how they, what they know to do, what they are passionate about is this career thing. And we should never ever make people feel that until they start a business, in quotes, they have not achieved or they have not gotten or they cannot get to anywhere. There are MDs and CEOs of large corporations that never for one day said, I want to go and register my business with CAC. They got there, they had a journey, they had what they went through to get there. And there's some of us who sit down in our small corner and say, this person, hmm, imagine this one is collecting 100 million a year, me, they are still paying me 50,000 per month. He's not the owner, in quotes, he's not the owner of the business, Shabi. He's just an employee like you. Why are they paying him 100 million a year? And you, they're paying you 600,000 a year. So you just go home with 50K. And you now start to hate and say, all this, we're just working for them. They're just taking all the money home. When they talk about benefits, it's them they will give. How you can get there as an employee, do you understand, is what I want to share with us tonight. And I want us to take, for the first thing I want us to understand is, not everybody will do maybe business, you know. There are people that from the start of your life till, you know, all through, you're going to build a career and you're going to grow there. And then you're going to have that mindset that even as I'm growing in that career, I'm, I'm, I'm running my business, I'm adding value, and I'm building this corporation or even other corporations that you will go to, and I'm getting to the top. And I'm pulling others behind me. And I'm making a difference. And I'm successful. I'm fulfilled. Because this is what I love to do. I enjoy doing it. And I'm winning in the career. Amen. Are we there? Do we agree with me? Okay, so first of all, um, there are different stages that you will be at your career. So, personally, my own story. I went to school. I studied microbiology. Because, okay, when you go to um, 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 second primary school, ones who always believe that you should be in science class, you know. So I was in science class, SS, SS1 to 3, and once you're in science class like that, they will believe, oh, the girls, go and read medicine. Oh, the boys, go and read engineer, exactly. So we, we can see how 
society norms, things that don't make sense have just been passing from generation to generation. Now we have been falling for it. You know, but thank God our eyes are open now. We are starting to understand better. There is no, this is the way to do it. Anything can be done anyway. So that's by the way. So my story ended up chasing metal. Um, jump and then I didn't get there. I said, okay, shall I go and do pre-degree? <laughs> do any course that's related to medicine. When you finish, you now go and study medicine. So that was the consolation. And then I went in for microbiology. And then in my IT, uh, 2010, I was doing my IT for three months and I was posted to, I got a job in a food processing company in the microbiology lab. And I was in a quality control department. And every day I go to work, this is the routine. I'll go to the production, um, production, production, the production floor. Get those because what they do is they process cocoa and um, they, they they process finished product for cocoa. So I'll go and get. So what they, what they do is they produce cocoa in its raw form into powder. They now sell it to companies like Nestle, Cadbury to make um, chocolate drinks and all that. We also make chocolates. So I'll go to the production floor, get samples, go to the lab do some analysis on the samples, write a report, submit the report. I'll come back the next day, go to the same production floor, take the samples, go to the lab, analyze the samples, write my reports and submit it. And I come back the, the next day. So Monday to Friday, I was doing four things. I'll go to the production floor, get the samples, come to the lab, analyze the samples, write the reports and submit. Those are the four things I do Monday to Friday, week in, week out. And I said, what is this? So... <laughs> What is this? I'm not going to spend the rest of my life going to production floor, getting samples. And, and the funny thing is, the reports never changed. Because the quality assurance of that organization is very strong. So they hardly ever have issues or faults in that um, sample you're testing. So it was always the same thing. I'm writing, the, it was almost like just being a template. I'm like, so is this how useless my, my career life will be? God forbid. If this is what microbiology is going to do for me, I'm going to show this microbiology. I'm going to show it somewhere. No offense to microbiologists, please, <laughs> if you're in the house. So I now discover that all um, through my teenage, childhood, teenage, and early adulthood years, I carried on thinking, oh, I'm a science student. Um, and then I, I found myself in a, in a natural science course, and I was, I was supposed to be chasing medicine. But I discovered at that time that it's a lie. The most important thing is finding, so my number one point this evening is knowing who you are, like knowing yourself, what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses, what is your total makeup. Because before you even decide this is the career path I want to tow, you're going to, you're going to know what, is, what, I, what your strong points are. I now discover that I am not finding any joy. I'm a very expressive, very full of life person, very creative. I think ideas. I'm engaging. So on my job, I don't interact with anybody. No human being comes into the lab because you know how quality is. You must wear all your lab coat and your cover your hair and sit down in the lab so that external forces will not contaminate what you are testing. I say, God forbid. So I'll come to work. Once I enter that my lab, I'll lock the door. Nobody can talk to me. I can't talk to anybody. The only time I, ent I talk to anybody is on my way in when I'm greeting people. I said, no, I will soon die if I continue. It's because I cannot survive without talking to people. Because I'm a people person. I'm very people-oriented. I thrive on relationships. When I have um, issues with people, I'm bothered. Like, oh, I'm not getting along with this person. And then I want to interact. I want to just, I want to talk to human beings. Not cocoa and sugar and uh, and um, um, what's it, all these uh, reagents they use in testing. It was very boring for me. 
So the first thing I, I did that God helped me do at that point was I was able to find myself to say, I must find a career that helps me express myself, that helps me interact with people, that helps me speak, that helps me express my innovative and creative abilities, that helps me think outside the box and helps me find solutions to problems. And then I had a lot of senior friends. I started asking questions. So what can I do? And then that will be that will be in line with what I'm good at and all of that. And that's how I found myself in HR. And the first thing I did was, okay, I needed to do professional courses. I needed to go and get a master so that I can sell my skills for HR and get an HR job. So that's number one and two points. Know who you are and know what you want. Right? So I knew that I wanted, what I wanted that was going to be good for me was human resources. And then I started to pursue it. Now, number three point. You say there's not what you want. Eh? It's a very sensitive and very um, a statement that puts people in trouble. When they say no, what you want, know what you want. Some people they'll carry it on their head and they'll interpret it in a different way and say, ah, until I get what I want, I won't do any, I won't take anything. No, I must be focused. I must be dedicated. It's a lie. You see why you know what you want? Eh? There's still a process. It might take you six years or ten years. To get to what you want. So in that five, six, ten years, what are you going to be doing? Waiting. And it starts from when people are trying to get admission. Imagine, I was telling um, some, of, some of my mentees last week that if I was waiting for that until I get admission into meds, because I tried twice, and then I spoke to myself, let me go and do something else. If I was waiting till now, I would not have gotten admission. Because medicine was not, it was not the thing for me. And God knew that I was, he didn't want me in medicine. So sometimes and we even think we know what we want. But because we don't have enough guidance or we don't have enough maturity to know that this thing goes for an appointed time. While you're waiting and planning towards it, get busy with something else. So my number three point is, wh whether you know what you want or not, eh, what you have, take it. Do you understand? Take what you have. So I knew that it was human resources I wanted to do, right? I finished serving. And then the first job I took, I took was in a hotel. Please, what's the correlation between hotel and human resources? Nothing. And the second job I took was in customer service. What's the correlation? Nothing. So it was the third job I got that was in HR. But I had done two jobs. I had spent two years plus on jobs that were not related to HR. Because I needed to... I needed to start my journey on journey to where I want. So imagine I sat down at home after I was saying, ah, is there a child job I want to? I've done masters. What do you mean? I've done CIPM. I've spent money. I'll now go and do a hotel job that will be paying me 30K. No. That one. Is it that pride, stupidity, or combination of the two? Do you, do you understand? So I'll now say that I spent almost one million dollars to do masters. I'll now go and get a job of 30K. No, it's not me and you. Until I get that job of HR, I'm not doing anything. You'll sit down at home, you'll be eating your mommy's food, and your daddy's food, and they'll be talking to you every day. When will you get a job? Because you're not, you're not talking to yourself. Do you understand? So on the way to knowing what you want, you take what you have and use it to get what you want. Because there's a process, right? And every job you get, and now this is to entry-level professionals and young people, every job you get, there is something to learn. Right? So take things, not the earnings. You don't come out of school and you're looking for a job that will pay you. You're looking, look for a job that you will learn. Right? Because that's what, that's like the, the first thing to, to, to do on, um, on building your story. So you hardly see a job advert now that do just say, 
or you've 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 graduated at Beria Shakom. You the minimum you the, the minimum you say is one year experience, right? How many do you see that they'll just say just come without experience? They lie. Those jobs that you get to that experience, either graduate training or you're sure fortunate, they just have mercy on you and they give you. HR person, so I know. All the jobs we put out, even if it's an entry level job, sometimes we'll just to say, and it's a lot, a lot of times it's just to maybe cut down on the amount of applications you just get because the average, you just see a lot of people that just graduated. Um, the reality is they, because they're just coming fresh from school, they've never even entered into into an, an environment where they can even learn. So they just come with a lot of rawness. You know, the, a lot of unshaped and, and sometimes we just don't have the energy to manage your rawness, honestly. So this is like a secret, a backyard secret, I'm telling you. It doesn't make us, it doesn't mean we're wicked, right? It's just the reality. And it's because 90% of people that come out, they're battling with unemployability skills because our institutions do not teach you how to thrive in your work. They just carry those theories of 1925 and stuck in your head. And you see, you just read and pass. You cram la poire. La cram la poire is what you just do. So you just come out and you say, you're an engineer or you're a, you're a um, business administration graduate. And then we cannot even see the quality of what you studied. Because they did not even give you real life applications. They just carry those formulas and put in your head. And you still didn't help yourself. Because you didn't go for career affairs. You didn't go for mentorship courses. You didn't go for leadership courses. You were not deliberate about your learning. You just felt it's what they teach you in school you need to know. But it's not what they teach you in school you used to work. That's the sad reality. It's not what they teach you in school you used to work. It's not like, for instance, I studied microbiology. It's only if I got it. Maybe they, they retained me in that my, in that my organization. That's where I would have used my microbiology. Imagine if I graduated as a microbiologist and now got a job in a bank. What's the correlation? Because what I would need to survive and, and succeed on that job in a bank is the skills that bankers or people who work in a bank used to work, not what they taught me as a microbiologist. Do you understand? So if you're not deliberate about your learning and say, no, they only taught me about um, bacteria and something, something, and microorganisms and virus, that's the only thing they taught me. I'm now bringing it to a bank and say, I want to use what I studied in school to work. Does that add up? Do you understand? So at the end of the day, um, I was saying that for, for a lot of times, entry level um, um, professionals, you, you are looking for a job where, oh, a very fancy job. You, you get a job on the island, they'll give you an um, official car, they'll give, you, they'll give you accommodation, ship to Dubai once in a year. All that is fantasy. Just wake up. Do you understand? Take the first job you see here, kids. And it's not because you're, 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 you're selling yourself short or your worth or you don't, um, you don't, you don't, you don't, you, you, you have self, low self-esteem. It's because every job that you see, even that hotel job I started with, there was something to learn there. Because the first HR job I got was as an HR manager. And the reason why I was able to go and, um, interview for that HR manager job. So see this. I first worked in a hotel where I was managing, like I was managing a guest house. I was the manager. I think I was 21 or something. But I was the manager. <laughs> you know, I was the manager of the guest house. It was a guest house, but it was affiliated to another hotel. And I was the manager, but I was only 30K. 
But the skills I built, and I only worked there for four months. But you see the skills I gathered from there. Because I, I was reporting directly to the MDCEO. So imagine the conversation you're having with MDCEO at 21. No zero work experience. So that MDCEO was my church member. My mom just spoke to him and said, Ah, Sao, please, my daughter is looking for a job. <laughs> my daughter is looking for a job, you know. And then it's part of what I was just, uh, I also mentioned because. You are not even looking in within your environment to say, who are the people that I can speak to? It's people. I have worked in six places, you know. Only one of those six places did I just submit my CV online and they called me. Every other one, every other five places I've worked, I had to, there was somebody who maybe spoke for me, who maybe recommended me, referred me, and then said, okay, let's give her an opportunity. And I went for the interview. So there will always be someone I will just, be your take you to the door you know open the door for you and you now go and sell yourself so back to what i was saying so the things that i learned in that hotel as small as salary was and at 21 the conversations i was having because i was responsible for a lot of a lot of um departments and i was able to learn management such that by the time i was now going to an interview for the hr job i didn't have to start at intern or hr assistant i i started as an hr manager in another organization a catering company of about um about 90 something employees so that was two years after this hotel job and part of what helped succeed there was the skills i had gotten in this hotel so someone just say, ah, hotel me graduate i'm just sitting in hotel i don't even know what i'm doing but i didn't i didn't choose to see it as i don't know what i'm doing i saw it as a learning process because i know that whatever i gather here i'll still use it and then the second job after that it was still not hr it was customer service but it was a step higher because it was now in a um in, a, in an international organization that had presence in different countries across the world and across africa so the exposure was different that one was entry level it was entry-level customer service. But I now learned how to interact with customers. I now learned the things, the, the business side to it. I now learned, okay, what, what is customer experience? What is your communication skills, your relationship management skills? Things about communication, things about empathy for the customer, things about it. And that's where I now practice and honed my creative skills. Because I was now interfacing with people that you need to be thinking on your feet. So I'm just saying that all of these jobs that I got before I eventually got the HR job, there were things I now use, the skills I learned from there. So I was not looking for earnings. Oh, what will I earn? What will I learn was what I was asking myself. And that's my third point. So take what you have as a stepping stone. Is it right from a job that you, is, is it right from the way you treat a job that you know that I don't have options? I don't have, so you treat every job you have as if you don't have them. And that's adding value on that job, taking the learnings, and being well-behaved. You see this issue of being well-behaved, Pastor <laughs> was talking earlier. So because we just feel like, I beg, I beg, I beg, it's not my father's business. I beg, I beg, how much is the salary? How much are they paying me? Is it about what they are paying you? How much are you even bringing? Because you just say that, ah, how much are they paying you? How much have you added to the business? Because we are not, we're always just thinking about ourselves. And then there's this poor man who has put money into the business, the CEO or MD. And then his weight is looking for profits. And then you're not even helping him get closer to that profit. And you just want to earn your own. And at the end of the day, you just say, ah, hey, eh, I'm not even getting a job. How will God give you a better job? The one you have, what are you doing with it? Because you just said, ah, his 30K, they are paying you. I'm sure I'll wait when I'll get a job. Every job I'm applying, everybody, I'm talking to them. I'm sending my CV. Nobody's, it's because the one you have, you're not treating me well. 
So God does not want you to go and embarrass him on the, on the bigger one you're looking for. Make God happy. God that gave you that small one, make him happy. Don't embarrass him. Because at the end of the day, you're representing him wherever you are. That's by the way. I don't want to be all church. I know we are working for that. So no point. Prepare. Just say, so like me now. Okay, I just sat down and say, ah, I'm wasting. I'm not um, gathering that experience yet, but I want to get an HR job. Okay, what's, what will I use to get it? I don't have a degree in HR. I don't have an experience in HR. So when I now eventually got an HR job as a manager, what do you think I used to get the job? The value I had added to myself, I was able to communicate my skills. I was able to communicate my knowledge of HR. And my, my, um, my what's this word now? There's this, the competences that you have not, it's not like you have practiced it, but you have learned it, you have read about it. So I was able to develop myself. I'm not just sitting down to read, communicating and speaking to people who were in the practice. So please, asking questions. Please, how did they do this? I read, I, when I went for my lectures, they told me about talent acquisition. They told me about performance management. I'm not practicing it, but you that are practicing, how are you doing it in your organization? Because there must be something you want to use to convince the person that will hire you, that you can do the job, Abby. So it's not enough to just say, I know what I want. And I'm planning to get it, I'm applying. But when they call you for interview, you're saying gibberish. Who will now give you the job now? Nobody. So at the end of the day, number four point is, add value to yourself. Don't just sit and then you're redundant, you're not um, adding value, and then you expect that you're growing. And this is not, I don't want to make it just about looking for a job. Um, on, when you're on a job as well, so this, the, the, the conversation is finding and keeping um, jobs that are in line with your goals. So as an employee in an organization, you're a career person. You, there's, there's something that differentiates you from maybe two people enter an organization today and then two people are growing. Somebody has remained on that spot for 10 years and then somebody else has had promotion every two years. It's not because that person has done juju or the mom say has gone to go and do something for him or he just, he's just lucky. You see this movement and um, experiencing quantum leap is a combination of three things. There is grace. There's your goals, and there's grit. So it's about, if we say three Gs now, that separates you, that, that separates you from somebody who is just stagnant on one position. Because at the end of the day, to build a career that is sustainable, a career that is significant, the goal is to rise, Abby. It's not just to, because, see, you're, you're going to have to decide whether you want to fall in that bandwagon of when they say, oh, if you don't have a business, you can't, um, you, can't, you, can't, you can't succeed or you have to be making extra money. It's true. You have to be making extra money because if you're on the same salary, imagine when I just got a job and I, was just, um, I wasn't yet married, I was earning the same salary. And then I got married, I was still earning the same salary. And then I had the first child, I'm still earning the same salary. And then the second child, okay now, how, how would I survive with the same salary? How? How? It has to be increasing. Is that it's increasing or it's multiplying? Is that I'm having a side hustle to support? So the reason why people keep telling you, go and have a side hustle, is because they don't want you to have big plans for that career. The career should grow now. I have two kids. Do you understand? How am I going to pay their fees? Primary school fees is very well. Secondary school fees. When they now go to university, it keeps increasing. The bills are real. The bills are real. So if you're growing in age, 
and you are not growing in salary. Ah, I don't know. I don't know how you want to do it too. Because you've been in that same job. It's, it's, not, it's, not a, it's, not a, it's not a problem if you don't have a side business. It's just that that career must be growing. Something is that you must be moving up in that organization or you must be moving out. Is it that you're moving up or you're moving out? Either way, the career must shall grow. Is it that they are promoting you or you're promoting yourself? If they don't promote you, leave the place now. <laughs> Do you understand? Like, it's, it's paining me. It's paining me when, when people just sit down in an organization, nobody's promoting them and they're just angry. Hmm. They've not promoted me 10 years. I've been on the, okay, did they tie your Olubi to the company? You will not be hating the boss that didn't promote you. And the boss didn't promote you because you didn't promote them. You didn't promote the business. So they cannot promote you. So you now, if they don't promote you, promote yourself. Come out of the place because you will get married now. You will have, okay, let's say you're a guy. You'll be earning 70k since that's not five. <laughs> Is that not a cost? And it's not a cost, so you cost yourself. Nobody sweat for you. You just did not have foresight and you didn't have plan for your life. Because if you see any seven cases since 2005, rice has increased, gary has increased, fuel has increased. How do you want to do it? Thank you, sir. You've not increased. So the, you now got married. You now promised the girl, ah, you are the sugar in my tea. You see, I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. And then she now believed you that you're going somewhere. She now married you. Both of you now still looking at yourself and she's asking you, so where is the place now? Where is the place you are? We have not yet gotten there. In five years of marriage, you are still on the same spot. I've had three children for you, for, for you. And then it's loan today, loan tomorrow. You see these banks say, God will forgive them. Because they keep encouraging us to be complacent. Because they keep, they keep, they will keep giving you salary loan, staff loan, this one, loan, loan, loan. They'll be giving you loans and you'll be thinking, ah, okay, I'm solving my problem. When you want to do child's birthday, you take loan. You want to buy a car, you take loan. You want to go and rent. And then there's another thing again that, that kills people, cooperative. If you have cooperative in your organization, or there's a job, all those things, they are demonic. I swear, as in they are demonic because they'll keep, do not help you see that. Olati words, sorry to speak Yoruba. Because they keep making life easy for you. And an easy life, <laughs> career is hard. Business is hard though, I know. But career is even harder because it's easy to just remain on that spot and you're just thinking, at least the salary is coming. Every month something will come. It's, it's a very funny and sensitive place to be because if, you know if you're, you're on a business, you will be on your feet that, ah, if I don't sell, I will not eat all. If I don't sell, I will not eat all. How will I pay salary? How will I pay my utilities, my rent? How will I do this? But you know if you're on a salary, you will be just relaxed and say, she will pay me at the end of the month. But you're killing yourself and you don't know because these bills are increasing and you have something to fall back on. You go and take loan or you go and do a job. You go and do, take money from cooperative and you just believe that all is well. All is not well. See, anything that makes you spend your salary before you get it. There's a problem. And I'm not speaking like a saint, so because all these things I'm saying, I'm telling you, there are things I've experienced because I now had to realize, okay, so if I don't, at this point in my life, when I got, see, there is no good job. And that's one thing I learned. In my former organization, I learned that if you say I got a good job, it's a matter of time. In that particular time, it was a good job. Five years or three years. So let me explain it to you. I got the last, my, my last occasion before I got married. And let's say, let's just ask 
that if the salary didn't change, it was a good job. It was a very good job then, no, before I got married. But you know, as the bills start increasing and children start coming, and your expenses, the good job will not you will not be hating that job. Ah, ah, why is this thing not enough for me to spend now? She will send you a message to go and burn or to go and marry. They didn't send you a message. So they will not think about, they will not look at you and say, ah, maybe your name is Shade. Shade, you need to increase your salary because you just had a, you just had a child. You know, your landlord just increased your rent. So let's increase your salary. How many people, how many of your guys will do that? Is it possible for your boss to come and meet you and say, ah, okay, it's like in your area, things have increased though. Or you've increased your rent. Let's increase your salary so you can pay, you know, make, make room for the whoever do that. The only, com- the only time conversations about salary increases when the value you're adding there has increased. You have, maybe you have brought in um, 100% to their revenue. They say, okay, out of that 100%, let's give you 1%. Because at the end of the day, they'll first think about themselves first now. And you don't have to be angry. It's their business until you get there. So another thing I also want to say is, when we now feel that ah, I must do business, you will keep playing small because what will be in your head is ah, um, owner-managed business. I want to do maybe an SME because you will not see yourself in the eye of getting to the peak to to run to own a, to own major shares in a large corporation or to to be appointed by the board of directors of a large corporation. You know they are not the same thing. So you you are, you are holding your ah. I'm selling puff puff. I'm selling fried yam. Or I'm selling shoes. And then your income. Maybe you, by the time you sell all the puff puff and the yam. You are, you are a CEO. You know you're a CEO. You know you're an employer of labor. By the time you add all your puff puff and your fried yam and your small chops, maybe it's 200k in a month. And then this person that is reporting to somebody, you know, is a staff. At last last, is still a staff. And every month, by the time they, they share the shares, they just, they just say, just take 20 million. So, CEO, how far now? Yeah, CEO now, how far? How far? So, we don't think big. We just limit ourselves and say, ah, I want to be my own boss. So, it's pride, like I said. It's pride and then lack of foresight. And then we just think that life just ends. Once you just register your business to CAC and then you are getting customers, that's life. That's not life. Let's think big. So, I'm not shading anybody. You, <laughs> you know, understand? Not all. I'm just saying that not all of us, not all of us own a business. Our career is our business, and then we should be fine. So we just we should just think of how to um, map our path and then keep growing. So the the fifth point is okay. I've talked about it. Bring value where you are. As you're adding value, don't just add value and then keep it to yourself. Because if you keep that value to yourself, the things you are learning as you are developing yourself, you are investing in. In, um, in, um, um, in career or professional development, if you're keeping it to yourself, you will not grow. They will not feel your impact. It will be easy to do away with you. And you also will not feel fulfilled. And you will not increase the learnings. Because as you're expressing what you're learning, and then you're using it to add value to the organization where you work, you are knowing it the more. When there's a problem, it's you they come to because you have added value. Does it not feel good when nobody can solve anything and until they see you before they can solve it? So when they want to lay off people, they will not think about you. When they want to, when they want to um, promote someone or they want to put someone at a position, at a leadership position, it's that person that's adding value that they look at. 
Do you understand? So let's always have this ownership mindset. Let's always have this value mindset to add value to the places that we work. Number six point is seeing people. People are important. You need to be associated with the right people. Now, when we want to start a business, we say, oh, we need a team. Let's form a team. People that we can, um, that can come together to, to a team to, uh, to get to the dream. All these things that they say. Even as a nine to fiver, you need a team. You need someone in your corner that can speak for you. You need to build relationships with the right people in and out of your organization. As a job seeker, you need to build the right connections. Build the right people. I mean, um, connect to the right people both in the organizations you're trying to get to and in other places because it's important. Like I said, out of six jobs, five out of them has been someone maybe referring me, someone recommending me and say, oh, this lady, she's good and all of that and all of that. Not necessarily people that already work there, but someone will just tell someone that will tell someone that you're good and then you'll be called up. So and how would they know you're good if you don't have that relationship with them? If you're not building credibility and you're not putting yourself out there? So that's another point as well. There is, um, there, is, there is a lot of social platforms where we engage with people. And not just, there's LinkedIn, of course. And then WhatsApp groups. You see all these WhatsApp groups that you just go there and drop stickers. And then when they say something funny, just drop stickers. And all you do there is drop stickers. You'll, you'll be a joke. Because there's a reason why these WhatsApp groups are there. Join the WhatsApp groups that they have meaningful conversations and contribute to conversations. Don't just drop stickers and say, okay, what are they doing there? Oh, plenty of messages, they've come again. You just open and close and go out. Mm-mm. Because that's, those are the places that people will be connected to you and see the value that you bring. And then you'll form, you'll build credibility from there. You'll form, um, you'll form, you'll build a brand that people can trust, that people can rely on. And then it will help you. So when there's an opportunity somewhere, you're the one, you're top of mind. So I also had to learn this. It was later, it was very recently, really, to be honest. I also started, um, so the online relationships had been there. But you know, the, the coming online and being very um, visible and credible and building a brand was recently. And it has really paid off. It has really paid off. The amount of opportunities, the amount of, um, the amount of connections that built is, is amazing. So let's just also try and do that as well. Let's put that in mind. Um, and this other point, and my n- number seven point, um, there's a place I learned, COVID taught me something. I, I put a post some days ago. <laughs> COVID taught me that man proposes so, but God disposes. You know, you can, you can plan, plan. I'm a stickler for planning, really. I can plan, die. Like, I plan anything. <laughs> I plan. Then you say plan, it's my husband, you should ask. He'll be upset, like, what, what is doing you? Plan, 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 plan. It's only you. You understand? I, I, I'm a stickler for planning. But COVID now taught me that at the end of the day, last class, something, things can just change. Change is constant. And how you now react to that change is, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a function of your, your, your personality, your mindset. So I had planned that in, in um, last year, I planned 2020, I was going to write my GPHR in March. I was going to write my SHRM in um, July. So, very dangerous plan. I planned it three months apart. I'm going to do two global certifications. I had saved up for it. But <laughs> when, I, when I announced lockdown, and then <laughs> my plans just got locked down. I'm like, okay, what's going to happen? I had paid. 
a lot of money had paid, and then it was like, okay, how's the exam going to happen? And we were locked down. And nothing could happen. So I, I, at, at that point, I felt like, and there's this thing about me, when I'm, I'm not able to, plan does not fall in place, I get very tense, I get very agitated, I feel like, oh, I failed, I didn't achieve my plan. So I've, I've started to learn that it's good to plan, but also understand that at the, if there's something not meeting your plan, if you're not able to achieve your plan, not the difference between this one is me that Nami Kossam and this one, God just didn't want it to happen. So I'm not saying it as an opportunity, as an excuse to say, okay, if you achieve a goal, if you plan a goal, and if you, if you have a goal, it's not compulsory you achieve it. You'll be fine. You will not be fine. The one that is within your control, make sure you do everything. But at the end of the day, there are sometimes that things will be outside your control. So know the difference between your strengths, your weaknesses, your opportunities, and your challenges. So strengths and opportunities are two different things. Your strengths, you are able to control it. Opportunities is what is what is external. Is what you get and what you don't get. Your weaknesses are internal. So don't go and fail your goals because of a weakness and say, ah, it's God. It's not God. So there's a difference between your weakness and your challenge. It's work analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and challenges. So that weak that that goals that you will not get as a result of a weakness, something you're supposed to do that you didn't do, and that goals that you will not get as a result of a challenge that you could not control. COVID, you also gonna beat COVID. You also gonna fight COVID. Nothing you could do. So also know that in such times, at such um um, um points in your life, you need to be forward thinking. Okay, move on. It has happened. Okay, what's the next thing? Get up. Don't now sit on it and say, ah, that's why I didn't write my GPHR. <laughs> and six months after, you have to say, that's why I didn't write my... It's a lie. You are just lazy. So, the, okay, and COVID has happened. What's now the next thing to do? When is the next available time? And how can you, how can you uh, work around it? So, I put up a post um, on SWOT analysis sometime. I said, know the difference. Know how to react to your strengths and um, your weaknesses, your opportunity and your challenges. For your challenges, work around it. Maneuver it. For your, for your weaknesses, you modify, you make changes. So you move on and you don't just sit and say, ah, this thing, oh, it should be man proposes, God disposes, is God, yes. But you now find out, okay, God, okay, what are you now saying? Okay, maybe I went ahead of you or I didn't ask you. Okay, what are you saying? Right? Then the last point, my number eight point, celebrate your wins. Oh, it's not easy to, um, to I, I, itemize a goal and achieve it. You know, celebrate your wins. Loud your testimonies. I'm not saying you should be loud. <laughs> Me, I'm very loud. I'm very expressive. So, but share your testimonies. Encourage others. Celebrate your wins. And it, it, there's something it does. It motivates you to do more. Record your wins. Go back to your goals and say, okay, in 20... 2021 Q1, I said I would do this. And I've done it. Celebrate yourself. And then also know that, okay, at the end of the day, you're going back to check and what are the things that you still need to do. So like I said before, this whole career journey, there's a place of grace. There's a place of your goals. And there's a place of grit. So God has mercy. God, God is a God of grace. It's grace. See, and when people say, ah, grace, ah, that one, she's not HR manager at Laguna there is grace, Jerry. There is a place of grace. But you see, I have, um, I think he was, um, Pastor Mensah Tapio that said that 
Is it that God used to hold His grace? The grace is available to everybody now. What, what are you guys talking about? This grace is free. God did not say, okay, I'll have grace on this girl. I'll now have grace on this woman. What did you do to God? Why is He still keeping you alive then? He should have killed you now if He didn't want to. So the fact that you're alive, God has given His grace freely. So the two other aspects of the equation has to be there before you can experience the, the, the expression of the grace that we all now see. So we now see, ah, the girl is bawling. What is she, GPH? What's she, sister? What's the HMI? I don't call it grace. It's not just grace. It didn't end at grace. You will now set your own goals. And then you don't have the grit to achieve it. And it's easy to say, anybody can write. She needs a piece of paper and buy You write, by December, I want to do this. By January, I want to do this. By March, I, eh, I'll, I've, I've set my goals. The goals will not achieve themselves. You need the grit. Definition of grit is... The, the, the thoughtfulness, the intentionality, the, 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 the efforts, the effort and the passion, the dedication you now put into achieving those goals. So it's a threefold called, threefold, how much is that one? Threefold cords that cannot be broken. The grace of God, the place of your goals, then the grace you put into achieving all those things. So just to run through, know who you are. Know what you want, and in the process of knowing what you want, you take what you have, oh. take what you have, take it and keep, and then still be putting your eye on that goal. But you, you have something, no, you not just sit and say, I know what I, you, <laughs> I know what I want. In the process of that, what you have in the moment, and don't just have it for keeps and say, she is stepping stone. You will not even, you will not step out of that stone if you treat it as a stepping stone. That stone, you will not lead anywhere because you will be there. Because God won't open up more doors if you're not treating a job right. In the process of now getting to that where you want, prepare the place of preparation, add value to yourself. And after adding value to yourself, give value, bring value to where you work. Let people feel your difference. You know, network, build credibility, form allies, build your social capital, emotional intelligence, your relationship with people. Let them feel you. Let them see the juice that you are. Let them see the talent that you are. Talent is not I can sing, I can dance. So it's not big brother. It's not the voice. Talent is not uh, more they dress, more they buff up. That's not talent. You know, talent is not, you they say talent hunts. Who knows, who knows how to dance? Who knows how to sing? In an organization, the people who are getting the reward are the talent. And the talents are the people that are moving the business forward in every ramification. They have the line of sight of where the business is going and they are intentional about how they add value to it. Those are the people that the organization will reward and those are the people that will grow in their career and those are the people that who actually build a significant career. And those are the people that get to the top faster. Every other person just remains on that spot. And then they are just there beefing and hating the girl they are promoting. And beefing and hating the girl that they are paying 100 million. And they are just beefing. And that's all they have to bring to the table. Beef. It does not end anyway. They don't move up. They don't move out. They just stay there. And their wives and their husbands are, they are disgruntled at home. You know? And then that's just it. In, um, when, um, when, when you're... Some things don't happen as to draw the line between um, when your goals are being slowed and as a result of a weakness that you tidy up or something that God is just telling you to maybe slow down in that point and he has it all controlled. Then celebrate your wins. I want you to celebrate yourselves this night. Put your hands together for yourselves.
which is what I started with. Not every don't don't be under that pressure that asks you on this job. I just where someone can just give you one hundred k or two hundred k. You just go and start a business, and that's when you've arrived. Know what your strengths are. Not everybody has the grades to do business. Not everyone is business oriented. But in the meantime, if what you want to do is your career, tell anybody that's putting you under pressure. I'm going to build this career. I'm going to grow to this career. I'm going to grow this career, and I'm going to get to the top. And you will get to the top in Jesus' name.